Pirulau. Watch your back, watch your back. The chance is gonna get you. Watch your back, watch your back. The chance is gonna get you. Watch your back, watch your back. Oh, there's a chance is coming from Hi, Douglas. Hi, Julie. How you doing? Doing good. How you doing? Me too. This is Crimes of the Basque Lands. I'm yeah. sure everybody that clicked knows that. But uh, today we have a chikizot, which is not one whole story. It's just a number of stories we found online that have connections to the Basque country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, just be prepared for a lot of stories instead of one big one. Mm-hmm. So what are we drinking today? Douglas. Well, I'm on a simple beer that does not merit uh, mentioning. <laughs> mention. I mean, <laughs> let's say hi to Galicia from it, and yeah. everybody who knows knows. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys are drinking uh, rose mm-hmm. by Faustino, which is a very well known brand here. Yeah. And it's actually from Navarre. Mm-hmm. It's called Faustino Rivero. Ulethia, and it's from Correia in Navarre, in the south of Navarre, just north of Tudela, mm. is where this is from. Nice. Well, um, I'm drinking it. It uh, is nice. Is it nice? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't actually try it, but I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Okay, so this I'm is from... Excited. Hold on to your chapella. Yes, please. hold on to your chapella. This is from El Paso, Texas. Oh, the yes, U.S. of the, the U.S. Yeah. So I'll read the headline to you. Driver killed in Donifan Road Rage shooting. Father, sons arrested on murder charges. Oh. So Raul Alberto Orozco. Mm. So we've had a few Orozcos. Yeah. Yep. It's quite a... Common name. It's a common name and it's connected to a town called mm-hmm. Orozco. Mm-hmm. So, Raul Alberto Orozco, 53, and his sons, Jose Alberto Orozco, 28, and Christian Bailey Orozco, 21, mm-hmm. are accused in a roadway confrontation that resulted in the death of 32-year-old Marcus Marcos Fino Jr. That's like a triple bass crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this this shooting occurred before... Shooting? S- yeah. This... Well, it's Texas, Douglas. So, the shooting occurred shortly before 6 p.m. on Donifan Road, or Drive, sorry, near Montoya Road in the Upper Valley. So, I don't know. Anyone that's familiar with El Paso would know where that is. We do not, right? We don't. No. So, Raul, the father, Orozco, was driving a truck and Fino was driving a car when they got into a road rage altercation on Donifan Drive. Raul began chasing Fino who had three other people with him in his car. And during the chase, Orozco called his sons for help. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So near Montoya Road, the two sons maneuvered their vehicle in front of Fino's car, blocking him in, mm-hmm. while their father blocked the car from behind with his truck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It turned so quickly. Mm-hmm. An argument erupted in the street, then turned into a fight between the Orozco brothers and Fino and a man who was a passenger in Fino's car. The police said during the fight, Jose Orozco, which is one of the sons, mm-hmm. shot, allegedly shot Fino. Mm. Yeah. 
So the Orozco's left the scene and called police from Montoya Road. So they were the ones that called the police. Oh, yeah. man. A passenger in the car was rushing to take Fino for medical help when he flagged down a police car on Donifan Drive. Um, but Fino died in the shooting. Man. Yep. So Jose was jailed under a $1 million bond while his father and brother were each jailed on a $500,000 bond in the county jail. That story is quite odd, right? Because of the, the idea that the dad was driving, got pissed... And then took the time to, to call call his sons. Yeah, not the police, his sons. And be like, whatever you're doing, drop it. I need you to block this guy in. Yeah. I can give you a spot for you to get in front of him. Yeah, it's so like it just it screams America, no? It's like <laughs> the police are shit. The police probably treat them like shit, and they're not gonna get any help. So may as well take. No matter into your own hands. They have guns. Clearly, they've thought about that before. That's why they have guns. Because mm-hmm. if, you know. But a lot of people just have guns. Sure, especially in Texas. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing. Like, especially in, like, in Texas, it used to be 100%. Like, not at 100%, but it used to be overwhelmingly Republican. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of person who doesn't believe in the state. Who doesn't believe in the function of security being paid for by anybody else it's your responsibility Hmm. and that's such an american thing well and very texas too from our european point of view of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's grades of so i just i just think it's 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 one of those you know many signs of 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 just a very big division my my heart goes out to everybody slighted by the bad police system which leads us to your story, right? It does. So we're <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna mention uh, some some stories, a couple of stories about fiestas, which are fiestas, the fiestas for Bilbao. In Basque, we would call them Hayak. This is the name mm-hmm. for fiestas. So Bilboko Hayak. And uh, there were seventeen people arrested on the last Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only one Friday, isn't there? But, oh, yeah, that's true. There is only one Friday. Because it's... Uh, Astenegrosia means the big week. And it's from... Is it Saturday to... Sunday. S- Sunday? Exactly. But Sunday the following week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like... That's why it's a big week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like eight or nine days. And so 17 people were arrested on the Friday. Two for assault. Nine for robbery. And theft and two for drug trafficking were the numbers and actually that was up uh, 50% from last year wow according to the mayor but then the, the mayor quickly added not because there's more crime <laughs> mm. but because we put more police because mm-hmm. it's what the people needs <laughs> I disagree with the, the mayor's assessments so I heard there was just, a, like, so many undercover cops. Yeah, and 900, apparently. 900 in the Chosnas? Like, Friday night. Okay, so there are 900 on duty, just... Which is... Some it? were probably undercover and others were oh, probably ton, in uniform. a yeah. ton were undercover. Yeah. A ton were. I, I was, a, like, people knew this. They were telling me. They were like, careful, everybody's uh, probably a police. <laughs> <laughs> 
wasn't the not that I was me doing that anything. Too they were bad. really obvious too. Like if you really stopped to look, someone was saying this. I can't remember who it was. If you really stopped to look, you could tell who the undercover cops were because they were like really over the top, like oh, wearing really? like a chapella or like oh my <laughs> just gosh. like super dressed. Like as if they were trying to fit in or something. I don't know. I can't that remember who's telling you that. It's, it's probably how we dress. So if you like stop to look ago, at right? them. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell who's undercover. That's a great one. Uh, I just wanted to add a couple more stories about fiestas. Okay. One of them was um, that there is the Bilboco comparsa mm-hmm. that denounced the use, the commercial use of marihuayas. So it's just like a big puppet. Mascot. or mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's like a symbol of the fiestas, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. They say, quote, mm-hmm. that Marejaya belongs to everyone and no one and means party, joy, and popular fun. Mm. Marejaya does not want to sell us anything or make deals with merchants. Yeah. <laughs> this is happening when the image rights of, the, of Marejaya were... Um, bought by the city council for 440,000 euros. Who had them before? Whoever made her. Whoever designed her. Okay. And he sold them, so that guy made a killing. (laughs) They sold it to the city council for 440,000 euros. Um, They signed a contract for the transfer of property rights, intellectual property, reproduction, distribution, and communication of Marijaya. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. Uh, they held a performance where dozens of people removed labels and trademark stickers that Marihaya had attached to her clothes. So that was their like little protest they put on. Basque language was, you know, pushed out of uh, Spanish society for a long, long time. And so that kind of control by, of government, of symbols, of, of a people and a culture is a very touchy issue i think it's the idea that the fiestas will be commercialized and then they'll lose all of their spirit you know like with anything that becomes like but she already loses her spirit on a coca-cola can right right like if that's what they end up doing with it then yeah yeah, you're like oh now it's all just gone corporate yeah it's like all those music festivals that yeah go corporate you know and it's just all about corporations yeah and 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 a lot of times co-opting popular things that because, like, you know, remember in our episode, we were just talking about how the the whole point of it was to make it about the people and allow the people to create the fi- the fiestas, not yeah. be in the hands of Corte yeah. Inglés or even Town Hall. Yeah. Like, to make it more like a popular thing where mm-hmm. everybody's involved. Mm-hmm. And it's for everybody. All right, I've got one more fiesta I, story. I... This one is in France. You mean, you mean Northern Basque Country? Yes. <laughs> French Your excuse, Basque Country or Bat- Northern Basque Country. Yes, yes. The part of the Basque Country controlled by France. Yes. So this is their fiestas in Bayona. Mm. A 46-year-old man um, died. Oh my gosh. Yes, very terrible. So he was attacked in Bayona on Wednesday night, July 26th. He was a 46-year-old man. He died after being in a coma for nine days. Oh my gosh. What he what happened was the victim reproached three men mm. for urinating in front of his house, like in the, the door to his house. Okay. And they just attacked him and beat him 
And one of them punched him so hard that they that he suffered from a cerebral hemorrhage. So he was hospitalized and then went oh, in a coma man. and then died nine days later. So some bad news about fiestas. Very sad. Yeah. But like pure so, Basque country hmm. form, there was lots of protests following this. Like in favor of the guy. Like just like this is bullshit that this yeah. should happen, you know. Um, Very sad. I mean, yeah, French really sad. police really sad. don't have a good rep right now <laughs> either. Have they ever? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another story. So 23rd of August, or before that, I'm not sure when this first happened. But the big story <laughs> that we need to follow, Douglas, because this could be a future episode. Oh. Is they found a body in a suitcase. Oh my gosh. On Archanda. You know, people mention this because people by now know we do this podcast. Yeah, like, dismembered. Stylus, stylus, you gotta look into news. the dismembered like, body in the, the suitcase. Julie will deal with that. Because Archanda, yeah, I'll take, I'll take on those gory ones. This Archanda is like, so Bilbao is in a valley, but there mm-hmm. are two mountains that are on each side of the valley. Yeah. One of them is Archanda. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're on the river and it goes, it flows in, no, flows north towards the Biscayan Bay, and on the right hand side we have that river, that mountain, Archanda. Archanda. Yeah. So they found a body in a suitcase, and they're trying to identify the victim, right? Still. Yeah. Oh so my gosh. the the scientific unit of the Archanda continues working on the investigation of the burned human remains. So burned. It was burned as well. Oh. Found in a building on Mount Archanda in Bilbao. Mm. The whoever's in charge of the security advisor. Uh, would you like to guess his first name? Jose. Close. Josu. Josu. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know if Josu is Jose in Basque. Josu. But, but hey. Yeah. I thought Joseba was. Maybe, maybe. Or is that Joseph? Joseba might be Joseph. Anyway. So, Josu, um, Eric. Koreka. Mm, very, very traditional Basque surname. A so he's name the of a security advisor. I don't know what that means. But he acknowledged this morning that this is a, quote, particularly complex investigation, although it is progressing with the little material available. Okay. Something's going forwards. So on Saturday, August 19th, that's when the body was found, emergency services found several human remains with signs of violence in an abandoned building in Archanda where the Miramar, Miramar restaurant was located some time ago. Mm. The remains were found inside a suitcase that had been burned. Um, Urcoreca explained that work is being done to identify the victim through the physical and anatomical elements that are preserved and present and present in the suitcase. Specifically, he has detailed that they found several fingers and that suitably (laughs) rehydrated... They could serve as a basis to identify the fingerprints and Gosh. find the identity of the victim. That's, That's what they got to do. Sounds like 1950s investigation. How about DNA, you know? I mean, I know nobody has DNA tests here. Well, you have to have something to compare it to. That's what I'm saying. Nobody takes DNA, DNA tests here. Right. So Mine's like, unless... on record. It's out there. Everybody can find well, me. The, you know, like fingerprints would imply that perhaps this was like, you know, criminals 
this person that's the victim was also involved in some sort of criminal ring and perhaps has a prior record. No, but even if it's... fingerprints were taken. Even if it's your ID Because I don't think they take your DNA. They don't take your DNA. No, they take your no, fingerprints, no. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that but would be the easiest For your way. ID. For your ID. Right. They're probably comparing Or your ID, ID. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Your ID. They so do take a fingerprint, yeah. That's probably what they're going for. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a criminal. Okay. For the fingerprints. That's true. At least you're... So big, big they said, in relation to the, um, the people who committed the crime... There's mm-hmm. no information. They have no idea. So it's difficult to speculate about their motivations when neither the identity of the victim nor that of the alleged perpetrator is known. But it sounds like it was a violent death. I mean... So the restaurant closed in 2019. It's so lame. Yeah, and it was uh, completely abandoned since then. Mm-hmm. So it is common, though, um, for people to be wandering around the building. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, probably teenagers. I wonder who found it. A teenager, probably. So the thing is, I, I the when I heard when people were telling me about it, it wasn't clear where it was, and the thing is, up on that mountain, the top of the mountain, up until the Civil War, it was like uh, there was an enormous casino there, and mm. there was like, uh, uh, what do you call it, like a skate skating rink, like ice skating rink mm-hmm. for winter, and and there's, there was golf course and eventually after the war they built like uh what do you call it like an attraction fair for like children and all those things little attractions park yeah yeah like Like it just never really took off those things so there's lots of yeah like yeah like abandoned things so i thought it was there when when people talked about the suitcase and then now Mm. it was just like a, a restaurant close to that right uh, cl- yeah mm. no 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 further it's it's like right above it's it's actually quite near um the funicular oh wow it's not far off right from there because there's still the funicular that used and then to if go you start up. heading down towards towards the, the north right like towards the sea I would right, say, that direction oh, there really? are a couple of restaurants i've seen oh, the restaurant really towards the north there. that's a more busy area i would have expected it to be mm. So where's There's the south? Where not, it's more no, because the south is where the yeah that abandoned exactly, exactly attraction park is. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so we'll have to see if anything ever comes of that. See if it can be a future episode. Yeah, we'll we'll have a revisit at some point. Mm-hmm. I I hope. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll just never figure anything out. Yeah, but and then well, what do you do? It just becomes cold and. I mean, at least at some point, a cousin's gonna do a DNA test, and we're gonna identify him. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. That's possible. We can't escape that, that in 2023. You know you have to give permission for that. Did you give permission for that? It's all given. My, I didn't give permission my for My DNA is all over the American system. <laughs> I'm sure they Don't got... Don't do anything. No, but They'll all my cousins... All my cousins are fucked, so... <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I've got my family tree out there, so... Oh, you're fucked, Douglas. Just be I'm a good not fucked. boy. I, no, no, just be a good boy. The day I do something wrong, I'm fucked. Yeah. Let's do one more story. Um, so this is in Navarra, or Navarre. Navarre. So this the is a kingdom. woman in Navarre is being investigated for appropriating 150,000 euros from her deceased father-in-law. Oh. Mm-hmm. So the woman investigated used the power of attorney without... Um, Him knowing. Well, she used her... I guess she had power of attorney. Yeah. 
And then she went to clean out his the accounts. dead's his father-in-law's accounts. It wasn't even her father. It was her father-in-law. Yeah. So she's a 42-year-old woman living in um, Merindar de Olete. So the investigating agents carried out an analysis of the accounts, movements, and power of attorney, the ATM withdrawals, and cash, cash movements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so since the power of attorney was granted to her, the victim's account went from having nearly 150,000 euros to 440 in 45 days. Wow, so she, she worked got hard. To work. yeah. I didn't even know you could do that <laughs> per know, day. Right? That's intense. So I think uh, my bank would be calling me if I tried to take more yeah, than exactly. two thousand euros well, out of my. They account. would have been calling, but he's dead, so nobody would answer. I mean, I might call or they'd her. be calling her exactly. Yeah. They'd be calling her, and she'd be like, "No, no, no, everything's fine." Yeah, still everything's though. Fine. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared of like paperwork. Uh, I'm trying. To, somebody turned her in. I can't. I can't find the part here. Who was the turned husbands? Her in. I think it was the actual son. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, yes. A complaint was received from an heir to investigate an alleged donation his deceased father had given to his sister-in-law. Yeah. It sounds like she was married to one of this man's one children. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because normally um, it's only like your parents or your children who are uh, direct um what do you call them? Heirs. Heirs. That's the one. Yeah. He, at least in the Basque country. It, yeah, here. That's how it works. So, yeah. That's an the... heir. An heir. was like, <laughs> where's my money? This bitch took it all. <laughs> I mean, good for that heir. I hope that heir gets something but heir. Yeah, do you want to hear one more? Let's go for it. We, 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 okay. We're good. We're good. This is the story that Megan turned me on to. Ooh. Our producer here, Megan. Hey, Megan. Hey. Okay, so uh, this girl named... Our discreet producer, you mentioned. Yes. She likes to stay quiet. <laughs> this is in Arizona, so it's another one more for abroad. Okay. Arizona, the good stone. Alicia Navarro is her name. Nice and she easy. She is 18 and reappeared this week after being missing for four years. Oh, so she turned up again. She That's turned nice. up. nice. So, a Montana man has discovered he was neighbors with Alicia Navarro, the missing Arizona teenager who was found alive in Montana four years after she vanished. Oh. Montana is so, a place you go if you want to escape, if you right? Hide, right? I mean, that's what it um, used to be. Apparently Garrett not. Smith, this is their witness, okay. 22, estimated that he saw Navarro around 30 times in the apartment building he shared with his girlfriend. I'll give her name to Megan Alexander. Like our producer here. She's 23. <laughs> uh, in the city of Havre. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Havre. H-A-V-R-E. Havre. I don't know how I mean, they would pronounce in French, it. In, it how would, would be, they pronounce it in Montana? In fr- yeah. In French, it would be Havre. But in Montana... <laughs> Haver. <laughs> Haver, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Haver. <sighs> okay, so the day before, Navarro showed up at a police station close to the Canadian border earlier this week and identified herself as the missing teen who vanished in 2019. Mm. Smith, this man, the okay. witness, had heard her yelling at the man that she was living with. So I was, here's his quote, yeah. I was here the other day and I heard them yelling. She did say, I will go back. But that's all I heard. The next day... That's very little information, but okay. (laughs) The next day, Navarro walked into the 
Haver <laughs> Police Department. It, oh, I got it. I got it. It is Haver. 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 Yeah. Haver. Okay. Haver. Excuse us, Montanans. I, I we mean, don't mean any disrespect. Up in Haver. Haver Police Department and asked to be taken off a list of missing people in order to obtain her driver's license. Oh my, that is... And her desire, stating a desire to live a normal life. Oh my gosh, this is so weird. Right? Oh, hi. I know I'm, like, registered as a missing person, but can I just go drive? (laughs) Well, she finally turned 18, and that's when she went to say, she get her name off that list. I mean, she... She went missing as a 14-year-old. Oh, uh, the gray said, areas. This is still the neighbor talking. The, all their the information is from neighbor. this neighbor. <laughs> Smith said Navarro and a man in his 20s were living in the apartment building for about a year. I would see both of them walking out, he said, quite often. I think I saw them holding hands once when they were leaving. But he'd only spoken to her just days before she went to the cops, saying she was looking for her uncle by a post office. So she was... She was asking for directions. She looked scared, Smith said, noting that despite being barely younger than him, Nevada referred to him as Mr. So she's 18, he's 22. This guy is like the witness. She said she was walking with her uncle and got lost. And she's looking for 6th Street. I later found out that she was referring to him as her uncle. The 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old? So the 22-year-old witness said that when he saw this man that she was living with who looked in his 20s... Uh-huh. She called him uncle. Th- and she called, referred to him as uncle. I mean, if... Yeah, that's weird, eh? Let's say he's... Totally weird. This is let's totally weird. Let's say he's weird. 26. So when she was 14, that would make... Four, so he would be 22. Yeah. Smith said that Navarro's voice was scratchy and that she often appeared in bad shape. Her braces looked pretty bad. She had braces on when she went missing in Arizona in 2019. Oh my gosh! It never... like she still had the same oh braces gosh. on. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So police and that's the most objectionable thing I've heard so far. Oh, yeah, that is so sad. Yeah. That's so she, when she went to the abuse. police, the police said that she appeared to be fine and in good health. Um. A day after Smith heard her yelling at the man she was referring to as uncle, she went to the police. She literally walked into the police station and said, I am Alicia Navarro. I am reported missing and I would like to be taking off that list and get a driver's license. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that simple, but... Oh, man. Steele said... Steele... I don't know who Steele is. I think it's the... Oh, Trent Steele, president of the Anti-Predator Project and spokesperson for... for Navarro. She said uh, she wanted a Montana driver's license. So uh, Navarro, who has been described as having high-functioning autism, was just 14 when she slipped out of her Glendale home in September of 2019. An officer asked her, did anybody hurt, did anybody hurt you in any way? No, nobody hurt me, Navarro replied. Uh, I mean, is that all? So it ask? remains unclear how a Navarro, now eighteen, traveled more than a thousand miles alone to a small town on the border of Canada to identify herself to police, or where she's been since vanishing. So, so many issues but there, right? The mother says this is proof that miracles exist, and she urged other family members of missing children not to lose hope. Anyway. 
I mean, pretty for sure. crazy though, right? Look, if if I thought she like might yeah, you think as a parent, of course. I'm so glad she's alive. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, then, um, thank you for listening again. And um, yes, contact us with any story ideas you have. Crimes any of the Basketball at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on Instagram, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Spotify. Since since uh, our last uh, podcast, we've we've uploaded actually all of our podcasts to YouTube. So if you use oh, YouTube yeah. a little That's bit true. better, it's just a podcast. You we haven't added any images, really. But yeah, you can you know you can listen to us there as well. Mm-hmm. All right. That was my notes. So, Lots we of love. Bid you agur. Crimes of the Basque Lands is written and produced by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. The sound and editing for each episode by Douglas Carvalho. I'm Megan Dooley. Theme song written by Douglas Carvalho. Julie Garcia. I'm Megan Dooley. Sung by the choir with no name and produced by Tom Squires. Podcast art by Distinct Signal. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Crimes of the Basklands and contact us at crimesofthebasklands at gmail.com with story ideas worldwide which have a connection to the Basque Country or any rave reviews. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, like, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, agur! agur.